This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam, Sam Dracula, if you want to get formal today and this week is just me. Um, I appreciate everyone who's, uh, who's come on to the podcast as a guest the last few weeks, but there's so much to dive into here post-draft because as I'm recording this, it's just after 9 a.m. Eastern time, July 30th, the day after the Hornets did a madness. Mitch Kupchak did a madness um, on draft night. And we're going to get into all of that from Mason Plumley to Book Knight to Kai Jones and all the interesting second round picks the Hornets picked up along the way. But before we get into everything, I want to say thank you to Bet Online for sponsoring the podcast. Obviously, there's no NBA games to bet on currently, but there's tons of prop bets and future bets to look into, as well as baseball is in full effect. So head on over to betonline.ag. They have all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, I think the timing is right. Around like thirty to forty-five minutes before the draft began, I, a tweet is sent out from a very reputable source, uh, Woj from ESPN. He says that the Pistons are finalizing a trade to send Mason Plumley to Charlotte. All right, already Matt. Then you factor in the Hornets in that deal will move up 20 spots in the second round from 57 to 37 for taking Plumlee on. So the Pistons get a worse second round pick and the Hornets get a better second round pick and Mason Plumlee. So for the Pistons, it just seems like a move just to get rid of Plumlee's salary. They have a a longer vision here um, because Plumlee's on the books this season and next season at $8 million a year each year. So $8 million this year, $8 million next year, which is in the grand, in the grand scheme of things is really affordable. Um, I think the Hornets would be paying, in, if they went into free agency looking for a center, a Cody Zeller replacement, a Bismack Biombo replacement, they'd be paying a lot more per season. So economically, it makes a lot of sense for the Hornets. For the Pistons, they clear the books of Plumlee and they get a worse pick in the second round. So it is what it is. They got Cade, they got Cade Cunningham. Everything is fine over there, right? For us, for the Hornets, I look at Plumlee as a as a better, as an upgrade over Cody Zeller. I think he's a more gifted uh, offensive threat than Cody Zeller, a guy who can shoot the ball, has more like offensive tools in his arsenal than Cody Zeller. Zeller, you look at a guy who is effective in the pick and roll and in rim running situations, right? Plumlee can do that too and a little more. And so I think that's that's an upgrade. Uh, Plumlee last year, 10.4 points per game, 9.3 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists, shooting the ball 61% from the field. You know, I, w- what's not to like about that? It's a known 
quantity, right? Like I, I feel good about Mason Plumlee joining the Charlotte Hornets and being the, the, the short-term kind of answer for now until the Hornets can get a, like a long-term solution in the center spot. Because the beauty of it is there's plenty of basketball. Like basketball isn't going away, so the Hornets don't need to risk it or overpay uh, like either in, like in picks or just in straight-up American dollars and capital and cap space to, uh, you know, make their center position improved. It's a very interesting position they're in. So I like Mason Plumlee in the short term. And then as we'll get to later, what they did in the draft in the long term, the center looks the center position for the Charlotte Hornets looks pretty bright, pretty bright. And um, I, I can't believe it. It's so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy with, with what they pulled off because you know, they had the top players in the draft, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. I looked at Evan Mobley going to the Cavs as a as a landing spot uh, would be great for him and would also be interesting for the from a Cavs point of view because would they be interested in trading Jared Allen, a guy who would be really useful here in Charlotte? And I, I, I think that's out the window now. You know, I thought maybe having two centers would be too much for them and they'd be looking to flip Jared Allen. But no, I think I think it's done. I think the Jared Allen, Miles Turner rumors are, are over with, at least for now. Because, you know, if Mason Plumlee works, you know, job done. If it doesn't work, he's a very, like, tradable asset there. And he could be packaged in a deal with other players to get a new center. And so, like, it's a very short-term and economical and beneficial from an on-court point of view move. And the Hornets add another veteran, too. He's 30 years old, 31 years old, and he'll, he'll mesh in nicely with all the other young players in this team. So s- salute. Off to a great start. Off to a fantastic start. I don't even want to – I feel like I'm underselling it in a way. It's, the Hornets did a great job before the, uh, before the draft even began. So the, the top three of the draft went as expected. Cade to the Pistons, Jalen Green – to the Rockets, Evan Mobley to the Cavs. At four, the Raptors took Scotty Barnes, which just, I don't, I don't get it. I thought Jalen Suggs was the guy there, is what it is. They, they, they're, that front office, the Toronto front office is top tier. So I trust that they know what they're doing, but it really shook things up because the Magic were there at five. I thought the entire, like leading up to the draft, I thought that the top four would be really boring and, and expected. And it wasn't. Monkey wrench into the situation. Scotty Barnes goes four. Jalen Suggs at five. And then the Thunder took Josh Giddy at six, leaving Kaminga there for the Warriors at seven, a guy who was falling a little bit um, as the kind of draft process carried on. I thought maybe there's a chance Kaminga could be there for at 11. Just maybe. Not, not like overly convinced, but there, I thought there was a slight possibility he could fall to us. At 11, didn't happen. The Warriors scooped him up. I think that's a great situation for him considering he's a, such a project. He doesn't have to be rushed into the rotation in Golden State. Uh, Magic took Franz, Franz Wagner at eight. And then Davion Mitchell to Sacramento is crazy. So this is the day after the draft. I thought for sure during the draft that this pick would be traded because they have Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox currently employed right like what are you doing drafting a six-foot point guard when you have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton 
in your team already. So like, was this like, like, do they know something we don't know about the future of those guys? Um, or maybe they just love Davion Mitchell. If they do, fair play. Take the best player available. It's hard, it's hard to really argue with. Um, but very strange. And then, you know, Zaire Williams goes next. And then the Hornets are there at 11. And genuinely, I had a list of seven, or excuse me, six players that I would love. Well, three guys I would love at 11 and three guys I'd be like, oh, very happy with. Just a tear down. James Booknight was top of the list. And he was there and the Hornets drafted him. He didn't look too happy, but I think it's because he was waiting way longer than expected. The Hornets snagged a fantastic off-ball guard, a guy that can handle it on the ball, but as of just a future running mate for LaMelo Ball, it's, it's a huge, a huge win. And it's one of those things where, like, you look at the current makeup of the team. Terry Rozier is an unrestricted free agent after this, this season. So when this, when this upcoming season is over with, Terry Rozier can leave this team for nothing, you know? Uh, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, restricted free agents. The guard position for the Charlotte Horn- uh, restricted free agents right now. Um, the guard positions for the Hornets is an area of strength because of the, the talent and bodies they have currently. But long term, it's a question mark. And so Booknight can theoretically come in now and be an off the bench scorer. You can handle the ball well. You can, you can score inside and out. He's a very good athlete as well. He just needs to, he can, he can learn like under Terry Rozier, under Malik if he comes back, under Devante if he comes back, and then two, three years from now, if not sooner, be the starting shooting guard next to LaMelo Ball for the next eight, nine, ten years. Like that going, getting this guy who is called a spark plug scorer, like that's what you want. That's what you need. And what I love about him is like, he shot the ball from the free throw line at 81%, which tends to translate into a, a very like solid three-point shooter in the future because he only shot 30% from three at UConn, which isn't great, but he was taking a lot of shots. He was asked to do a lot on the offensive end so that the volume to, to percentage is going to be off and he's going to get better as he gets older as he gets more experience in the league. But averaging 19 points in college, 1.9 assists, he's a scorer, a flat-out scorer, a guy who can get it done in the half court as well, which is very useful because he's confident he can score off the dribble and from the catch and shoot, which, again, makes me just excited about the long-term future of the Hornets' backcourt with Booknight and LaMelo Ball. Big dub there. I'm so happy with it. So, so happy with it. So as you as you fast-forward through the draft, actually uh, – I don't want to say fast forward through the draft because I want to uh, mention something that Rod Boone tweeted out as he quoted uh, Mitch Kupchak's kind of thought process or just experience um, during that pick. Because uh, Kupchak said that they were surprised that Book Knight fell to the Hornets at 11. Uh, uh, Kupchak said uh, he did come down to us further than I thought he would. And that's a good thing. Uh, The Hornets got a player that they rated much higher, and coincidentally, he fits a need in the backcourt. Love it. Uh, Kupchak also said that he received a ton of calls in the 20 minutes, uh, I think, leading up to the pick. He said it was off the charts, the amount of interest in that 11th pick. And there were some tempting offers, some tempting deals 
that he's never seen that before. And he says there's, there was such a demand for that pick this year that he hasn't like ever seen it. So salute to Kupchak for remaining discipline here and getting uh, a guy who can be like a, an under, like a, an, a like long shot rookie of the year candidate just because of his scoring ability and the situation he's in. It's, it's, it'll be a long shot, but I, I love it. There's the shades of like a Tyrese Halliburton element here with uh, James Booknight that maybe he can replicate in, uh, in this upcoming season. I'm very excited for Very, very, very excited about that. I was, I was doing my best not to swear during the live. I was live streaming during it um, on my channel, on, on, Sam Dra- on the Sam Dracula channel. I was very trying to be measured about it, but bruh, I, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, so fast forward, okay? Fast forward to the uh, second half of the draft. Um, specifically... Was it 19? Is that? Yeah, to 19. The Knicks are on the clock. And we hear word. It's been a trade. A trade has been made. The Hornets back in the lottery. They trade a future first-round draft pick. Protected first-round draft pick to the New York Knicks to get back in the lottery. And the Hornets select Kai Jones, another guy I would have been pretty happy with at 11. The Hornets really liked him, obviously, <laughs> enough to trade, to trade into the first round for him again. And they took him. Uh, Kai Jones is a defender, an on-ball, shot blocker, athletic defender, right? He needs to work on his shooting, obviously, but that will come in time. He's, a, he's an incredible athlete. He's a little undersized as well, like just like a little like skinny, I would say. But that's not a that's no issue whatsoever. And he seems to be excited to be in Charlotte. He was tweet, I think it was on his Instagram story. Uh, he was rapping along to music and his caption was Lob City 2.0 because with him, Bridges, LaMelo obviously running things. That is a tantalizing thought. And then you add in Malik Monk if he returns. James Booknight is a very good athlete as well. He can get up. And, uh, and throw it down with ease. So <laughs> Eric Collins is going to have a fantastic time calling these, these Hornets games. Not that he wasn't already, but I think he's going to go up a notch with Kai Jones and James Booknight. The future is very bright in Charlotte. So when I go back to the Mason Plumley acquisition, Mason Plumley I think, can walk in and be the starter right away, which would allow Kai Jones to develop. You know, uh, Borrego can can pick and choose how Kai Jones gets involved just to you know maintain his development and his confidence as a as a as a young player. And then you also don't like don't forget about Bernie Carey and Nick Richards guys. So I think we'll start the year one one of if not both those guys I think will start the year in the G League and which is good for them because they can continue to develop because they got robbed of a rookie season. Like of like the rookie development cycle because no summer league for them last year, abbreviated training camp, limited um, just access to his teammate, their teammates basically because of COVID protocols, and then uh, the G League bubble was so weird um, and out of the ordinary. So hopefully, as we the world kind of goes to the more normal side of things, those guys, uh, Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, can get the development that they deserve as incoming players. And they can be like a de facto rookie again um, and kind of join in on this current rookie class as guys that can as young players that can help out this, this Hornets team in the short term and definitely in the long term. But Kai Jones, 
he seems to really be happy to be in Charlotte, which is a big deal. It's a very big deal. I love it. His, his, his comps, um, Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, just like really good athletes. And if, they, if you could pull off, put together a shot, like if you can have a shot on him and stretch the floor a bit as, you know, as, as his career develops, it could be a real stud, a real stud in this league. I'm very excited about it. I hope you guys are too. And hopefully my excitement is coming across because it is early. The draft did end at 1-ish a.m. And I'm recording this not too long after the next morning. So this is this is a dub. This is a big dub. And what I appreciate the most is the Hornets went for it. You know, it wasn't a reach. The Hornets didn't need a center at 11. They went best player available. Job done. Love that. With Kai Jones, he's a guy they worked out. They've talked to. They've, they've targeted. They they zeroed in on him for a reason. And I trust Kupchak in that respect. They went back into the draft and got him. And I want to talk about the pick that they gave up or the future pick that they gave up. So this is how it works. And it's really the Hornets banking on their ability to make the playoffs. Because if the Hornets, basically if the Hornets make the playoffs next year, that pick goes to uh, the Knicks. You know, they, the Hornets would have to be a pretty high up seed. Um, not a top, like a, not even a top six seed-ish in the East. Because this is how it works. In 2022, that pick is protected between 1 and 18. So if the Hornets, you know, bottom out and end up with the number one overall pick, let's say, the Hornets keep the pick, and that pick would then, like, roll over to the Knicks the next year. Um, if the Hornets, like, are good and they're picking somewhere between 19 and up, you know, if they're a four seed and up or better in the, in the East, then that pick goes to New York, which, you know, fair play. The, the Hornets would be in a playoff uh, position and uh, in a very favorable playoff position and the pick goes to the Knicks. And so the, their protections on the pick from 2022 to 23, 24, 25, uh, those years. And then if by then, because of how the protections work out, by then, if the, the pick isn't converted to the Knicks, then the first round pick becomes two second round picks in 2026, which again, I'm here for. I think the Hornets finessed them finesse the Knicks, to say the least. And uh, I'm really happy with that. I was a little concerned about trading a future first-round pick. It's always a little scary, especially when the team's in flux. Like, the team is is very much in the infancy of its development. So, like, what are you doing trading picks away? But the way the protections work out and the player they got in return in Kai Jones, it tells me they really like what they see there. And I, I, like, I like what they see. I like what I saw. I like what I saw. So moving forward, uh, JT Thor was selected in the second round. He was the player the Hornets acquired in this Mason Plumlee deal, basically. When the Hornets moved up 20 spots in the second round, with that pick, they selected JT Thor. He's, he's a project offensively. Um, he's 6'8". He's like a 7'3 wingspan. He could defend, I think he could defend any position, <laughs> every position on the floor. He's just not what he needs to be offensively yet. And if he pulls that together, he could be a real problem in the NBA. Like in a like a when I say that, a problem for the other team, a very good thing, a very good asset for the Hornets. Um, also, maybe the best name in the draft, JT Thor. Again, Eric Collins is gonna have a, a field day with an individual named JT Thor. His comps are Jonathan Isaac, Jaden McDaniels, um, not ours, Jaden, and then uh Al Farouk Amino. 
I'm very excited about that. You know, it's it's high upside. It's what you expect in the uh, in the second round, the lottery ticket, so to speak. Um, I don't know what, if we'll see him get involved much in his rookie year. I fully expect him to be involved in the summer league and G League, especially early on. Um, if he can pull to pull off like a, a you know improvement in his passing game and his shooting game um, and his decision making, he can get big minutes. But in the short term, I don't see him getting involved with the Hornets immediately, immediately, immediately. But I love his upside. I love, love, love his upside. Okay, and then so with the Hornets' second second round pick, you know, right at the tail end of the draft, they select Scotty Lewis from Florida. He is a guard who is a defender. So they went defense, defense in the second round. Um, uh, JT Thor is a bigger player. He's like 6'8", 6'9", so he's more of a wing forward. Like he can defend off. I think he could defend every position on the floor. Uh, Scotty Lewis is a guard. He's six four, um, but he's a defender. You know, he's a he's a he's a good at rim finisher, which is that's what he offers on the offensive end. He's not much of a shooter. Um, he was a highly touted prospect going into college, uh, going into Florida, um, but he hasn't really like developed as a shooter, scorer that you know you'd expect from a guy at his level, but. From a, from a defense point of view, as like an out-of-the-box, like, you know, you get him day one out of the box. Scotty Lewis, as an on-ball defender, looks very useful. We need that. The Hornets need that. We saw too many players carve up the Hornets from the three-point line. Like uh, The memory of playing Kyle Anderson and the Memphis Grizzlies uh, last year and him hitting multiple three-pointers from the exact same spot on the floor and the Hornets doing nothing about it, are, that's burned in my, um, in my brain, in my memory. Scotty Lewis, uh, JT Thor... Um, and just, you know, just another year of the current guys developing as players. All of that makes me think the Hornets moving in the right direction defensively. Um, Scotty Lewis seems to be a, a high intensity athlete as well, which is what you want to see from a defender, that that effort, that a work rate. I love it. So as a whole, I think they nailed the draft. Absolutely nailed it. They 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 seem to be in control of their own destiny. When I say they, the Hornets. The, a guy they liked a lot, James Booknight, was there for them at 11. They took him. Smart move. A guy they liked a lot, Kai Jones, they went and got. Scotty Lewis, JT Thor. Uh, man, because Thor wouldn't be there when the Hornets drafted where they were going to draft um, at the tail end of the, of the, of the second round. So they, they basically traded up for him in a way as well. Got him. And then Scotty Lewis has um, some long-term potential as an NBA player. His comps are out of are auto Porter, um, which, you know, if it pans out, wouldn't hate it. Uh, another note, this isn't the draft. This is a guy that went undrafted. That guy has an invite. Uh, excuse me. Uh, DJ Carton. Yeah. So yeah, DJ Carton signed an exhibit 10 deal with the Hornets. So we'll see what, what that, how that shakes out. He's, he's like six, three. He's a guard, a sophomore out of Marquette. Um, he's a, he's, he's kind of, Makeup. He's a decent scorer, adequate playmaker, rebounder. Um, but, you know, there's a reason he went undrafted. He has a lot to prove to himself and the rest of the league. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. And then, obviously, obviously, there's some other big news that I just realized we haven't talked about here on the podcast because of the timing of it. But the Hornets are bringing in Leangelo Ball, reportedly. So salute to Rod Boone again, once again, for reporting that first. Uh, Leangelo Ball is going to be joining the Hornets summer league team in a, in a few, uh, few days here. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. 
Um, if he can make the team, if he can make the G League team. He seems he's a he's a kid with a, a lot of uh, potential. Um, he went he went undrafted in 2018, and because of like for COVID, you know, he was with that Oklahoma Thunder G League team, and that you know that season got canceled because of the of the lockdown. Um, he didn't make the Pistons roster because of an ankle injury. Uh, not the Pistons roster, excuse me, like the Pistons G League team. Um, he didn't make it there, and so I look at him as a guy who's touted as a scorer. You know. I want to, I'm looking forward to seeing how he moves on the court. If his if his ankle's healthy, if he has athletic, like if he if he's still able to maintain his burst, if his shot is hitting, if he's making good shot selections, um, and then worst case, he could be a guy that could just be our version of the Nassus Antetokounmpo, right? Where you have the young superstar in Lamelo and having his brother on the team just to help him out. Yeah, you know, if 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 that is the end result, fair play. The Hornets can't. The Hornets won't play like everyone on the on the roster won't play every single game. Right. So at the very least, as an end of the bench guy, if that's if LiAngelo Ball can target that next year, like this season. And then, you know, as he develops his game, maybe he can work and work himself up to a upper uh, rotation guy. Um, and who knows? He may be we may have a whole whole ball family here because. Uh, free agency begins on Monday. Lonzo's a restricted free agent. Maybe the Hornets can continue some uh, some madness and pull something off. They won't have a ton of cap space, with especially because you know got to still have to pay uh, Malik and, and Devonte. I don't know. I, I'm very I'm very interested to see what happens with that. But a lot a lot going on. It's, it's ratcheted up quickly. You know, it escalated quickly for the Hornets um, in, a, in a very good way. Because within like four or five hours, they've done a lot. And it's only going to get crazier, especially when you look at the, the, just the teams around them in their level, um, like the Pacers, the Heat, the Hawks, you know, and basically everyone in the East that isn't the Magic, right? Or aren't the Sixers, Nets, or, uh, or Bucks. Because like there's there's levels to this, right? Those three teams are in a league of their own. There's everybody else, and then there's like the bottom, like where the magic are. And this Hornets team has is competing with all those teams in the middle. And it with reportedly Westbrook going to LA and all the kind of like with Kuzma, KCP, Harold, the guys, those guys going back to Washington, that's an interesting interesting look for that team. Um, I don't know if that team is better or not, but like you get what I'm saying. Like there's the teams in the East as they navigate this offseason, we could see them make a jump and maybe push the Hornets out of playoff contention, play in contention if they aren't careful. So I'm glad the Hornets are doing what they're doing to maintain their spot in this race to be a uh, a presence in the Eastern Conference, hopefully, and they can hopefully avoid what happened again, what, what happened uh, in the play in, the unfortunate outcome in the plane against the Pacers. Big rip there. Big rip. But what do you think? What do you think about the uh, the Hornets draft? Uh, Mason Plumley, LiAngelo Ball. You can tweet me at Sam Dracula. Um, let me know. Let me know. I'm curious. I'm curious how you feel. But I hope it's pretty obvious how I feel. I love it. I love what happened yesterday. I'm excited for the future of the franchise. I'm excited for the short term future of the franchise. Things are looking nice. Things are looking up 
for the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, we'll see what happens on Monday with, the, with Zeller and, and Biz, Malik, Devontae, what their futures hold. But until then, thank you so much for, for listening. Um, I'll be back next week. Um, hopefully we'll have some free agent stuff to talk about. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's a fun part about the NBA. It's a 12-month sport. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you so much for listening to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by Bet Online. Catch you next week. Take care. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.